Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? Chet Holmgren lit up the world last night and everybody is sold. He's going to be a superstar, right? Uh, Slow down a little bit. Uh, Kevin Durant's hate by people in the media, it is totally unfounded, and I will tell you the reason why. Soldier Field may get a dome, are you kidding me, to keep it from moving to Highland Park? And Deshaun Watson, do you care how long he's suspended for? Because the there is clear fatigue with this case. And uh, maybe social media should be illegal for people under 18. Hmm. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amson. And this is Reister or Wrong. 818-293-7547. Shoot us a text. You know what I'm saying? All right. So we'll start with last night. The unicorn was in play. Chet Holmgren in 20, what, 23, no, 24 minutes. 
23 points, set a summer league record for blocks and threes in a game. He hit four threes and uh, five blocks. He was absolutely outstanding last night. And uh, you already know, Ralph, you already know from watching the game, he looked unguardable. And I know it's a summer league game, but you see flashes from players in summer league. Sometimes you're like, oh, 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 this dude is with the business. This dude is it. And I think that we have established this early that Chet Holmgren is, is the guy he said he was. I believe that when you look at Chet Holmgren, he's got the handles. He this this dude was doing things that you would expect guards to do. You would expect guards to do. Ralph, are you sold? One preseason. Ralph, Ralph that, I couldn't. I couldn't hear a word that you said. Are you serious? Yeah. Let yeah. Because when, when you when you take it when you put it on mute and take it off, it keeps like like it like pauses it for a minute. Okay. Like, so let me let me jump off though because it might be that I'm picking up the hotel Wi-Fi. I'm off Wi-Fi completely and on data. Does it sound different? No, no, it's fine. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm good then. Okay. So I'll, I'll start. So Ralph, so Ralph, are you sold on Chet Holmgren? I don't think so. I think the only thing that can happen in NBA summer league is that you can get unsold on somebody, but it is, it is encouraging to see that against a bunch of competition that are all trying to accomplish the same thing and make the same league that he looks like the same player that, got him the enormous high school ranking that he got and that he looks like the same uh, player that helped Gonzaga, you know, get deep into the NCAA tournament. Um, but it's just not, it's not that easy, right? It's still the same questions about his body, still the same questions about an 82 game grind, but much bigger experts than me decided that he was worthy of a, of a top three pick. And we've seen people make mistakes there over and over and over again. You know, I, I think, uh, Dragon Bender was a fourth pick. Hashim Thabit was a second pick. But one of the problems is, you know, with those players was they have to develop an offensive repertoire. Nobody's ever questioned what Chet Holman can do on offense. So I guess the thing that stands out is uh, blocking shots and the passing because other people have to make shots for you to get assists. So yeah. I don't know. See, maybe I just talked myself into in, into being exactly, sold on them. bro. Exactly because the the names that you mentioned, like Jonathan Bender and. And uh, who who's the other person that you just mentioned? Um, oh, Hashim Fabit. Yeah. So so what what did both of those dudes have? Potential, right? Right. That was was there a high degree of skill to anything either one of those dudes did? Like not really. Exactly. And the same thing with the with the dude the Cavs drafted out of UNLV. Uh, uh, the, oh, Anthony Bennett. Yes, yeah. that's sad. I can't remember his name right right now off the tip of my tongue. But none of those guys, you looked at them and were like, yo, this dude is crazy skilled. This is one of the most skilled players I've seen in a while. And when you look at Chet Holmgren, his skill is what pops off the TV screen. Last, last night, it was the handle that you were like, this dude can't just dribble the basketball. He has handles. And when and once he gets that leg up thing like dark, it's impossible to block his shot. He's seven one with like a thirty foot wingspan. 
He's Kevin Durant, except for more of a, uh, except taller and longer arms, which, which doesn't seem possible. And he can shoot the basketball. So like, imagine if like, we're looking at potentially Kevin Durant, like that's, <laughs> that, that's high end Chet Hunger. I'm telling you, <laughs> it is from like, are you sold on him to like, no, this is because I, when I hear Kevin Durant, I hear most skilled, probably if I was going to start an NBA franchise today, it, it would be, it would be with Kevin Durant. Cause I know exactly what I, I know. I'm going to get 30. I know I'm gonna get eight rebounds and I know that he's going to make the people around him better that he's clutch. I'm like, so, so to use Kevin Durant's name is almost like, you know, in, in a modern sense, you know, when you're comparing people to Jordan or whatever, and then people get defensive. So that's a dude, that's big. <laughs> that's really big. Dude, I mean, when, when, when have we seen, because people were comparing him to Sean Bradley and I'm like, he's not Sean. Sean Bradley couldn't no. do a fifth of the things offensively and moving dribb, dribbling the ball, like offensively that Chet Holmgren can't, can do. I understand yeah. that there are questions about his body, but these are the same things that I said about Kevin Durant when he came out of Texas. People were like, oh, he's too skinny. You must draft Greg Oden. And I'm like, the dude was getting like 25 and 12 in the Big 12. Like, he's too he's too skinny. Well, 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 tell that to everybody else he's rebounding against. Like, that's the yeah. like that's the thing. I'm like, if he's rebounding at this high of a level. You can't question whether he'll be able to rebound in the NBA or not, because rebounding, yes, it's about strength and size, but some of it, it is about height and it's also about want to. And if he wants to rebound, which he clearly has shown the desire to do, he will be able to rebound. Like, yes, he's going to get stronger, but I never understood the Chet Holmgren. Oh, my God, he's too he's too skinny. Oh, his his hips are his hips are so high, man. I don't give a damn. And when I look at him and he's able to rebound versus bigger, stronger dudes or guys who appear stronger. I, I, I don't care. I do not care. Just show me the tape. If he's able to rebound, we're good. I don't care how skinny he is. It, dude, yeah. That, it was My the same thing- nonsense. Well, we, we've reached kind of the point of positionless basketball, so I wasn't as worried about the rebounding. My whole thing was, if, if, you're this, if you're this high of a pick and you have this much of a, like a skill set, do you love to hoop? Do you love the grind? And because of who you are, and your name is Chet, and you're a super skinny, tall, white dude from Gonzaga, like, do you love the smoke? And he like adores it. Yes, he, he runs. He, he's running up the chimney, dude. He's like, when when they asked him who the best player the NBA was, he was like, me, me in a couple of days. Oh my! I was God. like, I was like, who are you, bro? <laughs> yeah, and it's and it like there's a couple other guys that have that that have had to bring that attitude in, and maybe maybe it's it because you know you, you know who this sport belongs to george uh when you when you're a guy like tyler hero or chet holmgren you got a lot to prove every time you take the court you have to re-earn people's respect and i feel like tyler hero he did that and then kind of rested on his laurels a little bit and then and then and that created some issues with consistency but obviously he's super highly skilled and is chet holmgren going to go out there and have a 20 and 10 game and then point back to it when he has a 4.3 rebound, 5,000 the first half game, you know, of like, no, I know what I can do. Or is he going to get frustrated and 
trying to make sure that doesn't that doesn't happen again. We're we're just learning more and more about what it takes to be sustainably great in a in a modern NBA. And some of it's on you, and some of it's not. You, you know, if you end up a trade piece or the massive contract like John Wall, then you could have several years go by where people forget what you're what you're you know what you're capable of and start to question your skill set and everything like that. So some of his legacy, some of Chet Holmgren's legacy, is not going to be up to him. But this is a really good start because all eyes are on him for summer league, which is pretty meaningless. And a lot of top picks don't even go to summer league. Yeah. But, but I think that that is smart. Um, yeah, I, I think it's smart. And now he gets a chance. His confidence gets to grow. You get a chance to get him, you know, 23, 24 minutes in a few games. He's going to be summer league MVP. <laughs> it, it just sets him up for big time success. You got Josh Giddy, all of them being excited about it, bro. It, it, it is a win. It is an absolute win. And I'm in on Chet Holmgren. But the guy I've been comparing him to is Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant has been receiving way too much hate, Ralph. Way too much hate. I I don't think that people accept Kevin Durant for who he really is. Like he's a mercenary. Like you bring him in for strategic missions. Like he's not there for a long time. He's there for a good time. Like everybody confuses the difference between business operators and business owners. Business operators are there in the grind, like day to day, you know, like this is their passion. Like even if they didn't own the business, they would still be doing this. Like the like that it's the little minutia of the day to day operations. And they want to do this for 10, 20, 30 years. Whereas a business owner, they're owning it, trying to do things to grow the business, to accelerate the business. And then, you know, once either they get bored or, you know, they're going to be a little more hands off and they're probably going to exit the business at the, at some point. And Kevin Durant is not a person who runs Ralph, from the good, from the bad times. He, he was in Oklahoma City, up three, up three, one. Fine. My, my, my mission's over. I'll go join the Warriors. Um, uh, win championships with the worst. Things are going great. We will keep winning. Mission's over. It's time to go. Brooklyn. That ain't that ain't working. But get, guess what? Mission's over. We we tried this. He's a mercenary, and the hate that he gets, Ralph, makes no sense to me because they're like, oh, his legacy. Keep switching teams. He's he's a mercenary. He's not a person that you try to build a future with. Yeah, I guess. And I'm I'm not going to say too many uh, bad things about him on uh, our podcast in case it prevents him from potentially leaking up with the, the Phoenix Suns and making us a title contender. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've, there's a lot that I've had to learn from Kevin Durant's career and a lot of stuff that I had to go back and, and re-examine, you know, because at the end of the day, every single one of these players is essentially a, a mercenary. When they, when they retire, the franchise moves on and it moves on without them. You know, and everybody says like, oh, you, but you want to be a cornerstone. You want to be a franchise cornerstone. And Kevin Durant has removed himself from having the ability to be a franchise cornerstone on several occasions. He's about to do it for at least a third time, right? Um, you know, is he coming here to actually build something? And if it doesn't work, is he going to go in the opposite direction? You have to ask yourself in certain situations, what would you do, right? Because with the information that he had at the time, the ability to go to New York and build a business empire beyond basketball and play alongside 
um, Kyrie Irving, you know, it, that was an extremely tempting thing for him. And he made that decision and it affected him the way it affected him. And I think that he's, he's also reached a point where he's at peace with the criticism that, that comes along with it. He's had to be right. Because he got, he got just as much criticism for when he left a, a team that was up three, one on golden state to join golden state. And he got a couple of titles out of it. And then you also learn as a competitor, what it means to, to, to win a title. And it, are you going to be defined by, you know, just your titles. And, and he's kind of a pioneer in that way, but I had to go back and be like, well, Michael Jordan was also a mercenary. He was just re-upping on one-year deals with the team that gave him the most leverage, which happened to be the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, see, that's actually reasonable. That's actually reasonable because he kept, but but the reason why he kept un, re-upping on one-year deals was because they had his bird because it was the bird rule and they could actually pay him what he was worth. You know, he got like 33 million one year, 36 million another year. He just wanted to get what, what he was worth. Now, now Kevin Durant, I have compared him. I can, I was talking about it on my show last, last night, Ralph, where people keep trying to want him to stay in one place. Right. And I said, he's a mercenary. Now, Kevin Durant is James Bond. Like, have you ever seen anybody try to marry James Bond? Like, how 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 would that work? How would that work if one of the female uh, love interests of James Bond tried to wife and marry James Bond? How, how would that work, Ralph? I'm trying to figure out exactly what you're where where you, <laughs> where you're going with this because I, I think what makes it exciting for a for for the viewer is the idea that every adventure is a new adventure and so if you wrap your head around the idea that that you know Kevin Durant is his own franchise and so you know like a Marvel hero whatever situation you put him in is going to be what makes it that's, most interesting that's the point. like I get that but at the same time as just a as a basketball fan we grew up associating players with cities. And now there are some people whose greatness is completely separate from where they played. You have a guy like Wilt, right? Wilt played in Philadelphia for two different organizations. He played in the Bay Area, and he, he also played for the Lakers. He only had two titles when he was finished, but he was renowned for his skill. And in the end, when you talk about Wilt Chamberlain's legacy, it's teamless. And so there, it's not like what Kevin Durant's doing is brand new. There is a blueprint to be one of the top three players in the NBA in any given year and to not be tied to a franchise. But at the, at the end of the day, if he's willing to accept the fact that like falling short repeatedly is going to be part of his legacy um, while Steph gets four, five, six titles all in the same city, you know, and is, is the Bill Russell to his um, – to his Wilt Chamberlain, if he's cool with it, why shouldn't I be? Yeah, because there's no denying how skilled this dude is. One of the three greatest scorers in NBA history. There, there's not, nothing to talk about. Like, you can't deny how good he is. And he's a hooper. Hooper's hoop. But, uh, but now there's the idea that, oh, maybe he should go back to the Golden State Warriors. And I'm like, if you're the Golden State Warriors, you have Jonathan Kaminga, you have... James Wiseman, Moses Moody, Jordan Poole, you are set up for the future and to usher the future in once Steph Clay and Draymond, whichever one falls apart first and you gotta, you have to move on. 
then you have a natural way to do that. So now the question is, if you were the Golden State Warriors, would you give up your future for for right now where you can maybe for sure, even though you just won with without him, add Kevin Durant and be pretty much a for sure win for next year? No, I don't because you just won. And in the in the last time it was that you had one extra step to make to get yourself there. So I to me it's two different situations. You bring up the James Bond thing and there is another side to it like yeah, you know, James Bond jumps from woman to woman and that like there's something exciting in that, but then you also the other side of it is that he's an emotional infant likely incapable of doing anything beyond being a good time for the for the weekend, you know, and do you want to be Golden State and mortgage your future to repeat something that you just did without him only to have him do a thing that he's done three times now and say, you know, I'm, I'm gone. And the last two times have it. No, th- this time I guess is different because he's under contract long-term the last two times he was free to go anywhere. And I think that that's something that gets lost in Kevin Durant's legacy is that he had the ability to do whatever he wanted in both of those circumstances. This time he's like, what one year into a four year deal or something like that, or two years yep. into a five. Yeah. And, he's and still he, got and he wants four to years left. Yeah. So that's to me, that's a new threat. That's a, if you're, if you're a team that wants to bring him on, you have to understand that he's not even in the position anymore where he's respecting the, the idea of the, of the contract and, 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 and those terms that if he doesn't like it, then he's going to use his leverage to, to move on. And so that's why I look at a team like Miami and I look at a team like Phoenix and I say, they know they're at the doorstep. They know that what they've done hasn't been enough and they have enough pieces in place to where what they would trade for him, assuming Phoenix isn't forced to give up a kale and Miami isn't forced to give up, you know, their bench scoring in, in, in Tyler hero. It, you know, if either teams can make it work without giving up that specific piece, I think you would consider them a title favorite, but I think that 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 teams that are already, you know, probably going to be back there are not ones that should be entertaining, um, not ones that should be entertaining Kevin Durant. You shouldn't want to go get Kevin Durant just to keep him from being on somebody else's team oh, if it could risk your future. So like the Phoenix Suns, so the Phoenix Suns shouldn't be considering Kevin Durant. No, because I Kevin Durant would help Phoenix. Phoenix has okay, a deficiency. So, so, so Kevin Durant wouldn't help the Boston Celtics. No, he absolutely would. That's what I'm saying. Is there if you're on the doorstep of a title and adding him would give you that missing piece, you should consider it. But if you're just trying to play keep away to stay the top dog, like if Golden State was to go get Kevin Durant, it would be to keep him from LA or Phoenix or. Or something like that of, of people who were who were biting at their heels. Anybody okay, so else? what so what other team besides the Warriors should not be trying to that would would be trying to keep play keep away from from anybody else besides the Warriors? I think I think Philadelphia kind of smells of the and you know they they're in a no, weird situation. Philadelphia's like, just desperate. They're yeah. like, give us the whole Eastern Conference All Stars. Help James Harden win. Dude, James James Harden would do anything to remove the he can't win thing. He would do anything except play play hard every night and And stop going to the club. (laughs) 
I think also a market and not that Kevin Durant would agree to a trade, like to go to Salt Lake or something like that, but a market that it could actually surround him with a pretty good team and actually give him um, a chance to compete like a Memphis or, or a Utah. I think you have to respect the fact that Kevin Durant might spend one year there and bounce. And you also have to stay, you have to stay out of it and try to build in a more sustainable way, the way that golden state did, you know, because I, I do think teams like Memphis and Utah have assets, and that's not to say that Kevin Durant would agree to live there for eight months before he asks for the next trade. Um, but I, I do think that if you've convinced yourself you're in those, you're you're in that market, and even Phoenix, if we're if we're being honest, Phoenix not the most desirable place to 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 sign a huge free agent deal, even though Grant Hill did it and Penny Hardaway and Tom Gugliotta, and they've added a lot of players through the ages. Kevin Durant would only be using Phoenix because he sees that they're they're right there and that the and that they are outside of maybe maybe DeAndre Ayton at this point like overly serious about basketball in the way that he is that makes sense because even at this point in his career and I'm going to say something that you might disagree with but even at this point in his career George I would I would venture to guess that when you look at LeBron James would you say like is he is he the hungriest he's ever been and I think the answer is no uh, I, is he the hungriest? I don't know, bro. This dude's a maniac. This dude's a maniac. And, and he is just committed to winning. Like you, I mean, it's hard for me to, to say that because that he's not as hungry because look at what dude he's in year 19 and he's still in phenomenal shape he put up one of the best stat lines that he's ever had in his career albeit not an entire season because because he was hurt because father time's starting to catch up but you can't say that somebody's hunger has lost at all when they're putting in this kind of work that's a good point that's a really good point and then even beyond that you definitely uh there's certain restaurants that you have to be ravenous to ignore the consequences of what happened to your stomach last time. Yep. And the idea that LeBron wants to be paired back up with Kyrie, I'm like, oh, maybe he's so hungry that he's too hungry. <laughs> exactly, bro. Exactly, dude. He's trying to eat soup with a fork right now. Yeah, he's trying to get he's trying to get some late night Taco Bell. Exactly, dude. He's he's eating the hot dogs after the club right now. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Now, uh, speaking of desperate, Soldier Field, which is one of the most iconic NFL locations, is talking about putting a dome over Soldier Field. Maybe it'll be a little shroud like it is at SoFi where it's not indoors, where it's like an outdoor indoor stadium, if that makes sense, to where you are shielded from the rain or the snow, but you can you are not uh, free from the wind or the actual cold, which I think I, after playing in Chicago, because I played at Soldier Field, it's cold as a witch's titties out there, bro. It is freezing out there in in the winter time and that's part of their home field advantage so putting a dome over it which which this which they're talking about moving to highland park which is where obviously the last shooting was which is one of the most affluent neighborhoods in the country virtually a zero crime rate until this last until fourth of july and where michael jordan lived and I mean, it's just it one of the richest neighborhoods in in the country. So they're talking about moving to Highland Park, but they don't. Obviously, Soldier Field doesn't want that to happen. People in Chicago don't want it to happen. And they're talking about doming it or putting some sort of shroud over it. I hate the doming idea, but don't mind the shroud idea. Where you are also you, at? you also played in Sun Devil Stadium at the professional level when the Arizona Cardinals whole home field advantage was like dehydration near death. And they, they decided to make the move and go to a, a domed stadium, which I think gave them the ability to attract. Well, it, 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 it actually helped the seats fill, which soldier field doesn't have that problem, but it also helped them attract free agents. I think over time, you know, that you weren't going to be, you weren't going to be in hell, you know, um, and so I also remember when Arizona state's athletic director, Steve Patterson, who went to go on to get fired from university of Texas, if people remember, had talked about shrouding sun devil stadium, just at collegiately. And I think about what difference that would have made, at least at the college level to make kids want to come out and play. Sometimes I think your regional advantage 
is also just the disadvantage that you're forced to play with, you know, over time. And so I, I'm curious as to like, if it, dude, if it can help the bears win and if it can help them keep that stadium, How would it there, help them the, win? I don't know, because you're saying that it wouldn't actually like affect the, 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 the play on the field. No, it would, if they domed it. Yes, but like, bro, like football is made. I hate all of these domes, dude. Football is made to like that's part of the the fun of the NFL college football. Part of the charm is that you have to play in different elements. But you don't because Minnesota has a dome. The Cardinals have a dome. Basically, SoFi is is in that way. Yeah, dome. but now you that, still get now that cold have, in SoFi. Like, like there are but you elements. Don't, you don't in Indianapolis. Like it's one of those things where like, yeah, I hate it too. But if my neighbor is doing things to make sure. So it, Indianapolis has in their legacy, the quarterback play of Peyton Manning, which, you know, I don't think Chicago bears have anybody that's thrown 30 touchdowns. No. And to say no. like, yeah, that's our advantage is bad quarterback play. No, it's not. No, you the, can have good quarterback play in, in inclement weather. See, see, uh, uh, Green Bay, see Buffalo. Oh, please, please, see yeah. New say Josh, say Josh Allen's name so that I can remind people once again that you did not believe that he I'm was the good biggest Josh Allen. I, I am the biggest Josh Allen supporter that that what well one of the biggest that there that there is. So I pump up Josh Allen. He's in the top five quarterbacks in the in the NFL. What else do you want to hear, Ralph? I just I just like hearing his name on the podcast. That's all. <laughs> All right, so you can have good quarterback play in inclement weather. Like, there has to be some inclement weather cities, dude. If I owned an NFL franchise and we were in Minnesota, we're not playing in a fucking dome. It's not happening. We are going to play outside, and, and we are going to reward our fans for being outside, the way that Green, Green Bay does. We are going to create a fantastic environment a fantastic dude. I am going to incentivize my fans for sitting outside. I might put heated seats in the fucking uh, thing, like just to make it just that much. I, I am going to do whatever it takes because this is the way we play ball. And it creates a toughness. It creates all sorts of stuff. So I am 100% in on leaving it outdoors and doming it in Chicago, that is soft, dude. That is soft Chicago, and Chicago's not soft at all. Would you rather be a soft winner or a hard loser? Oh, always. I always choose hard, never soft. But but I'm definitely not losing. But uh, but uh, I mean, I think any any man and woman would uh, tell you they would rather things hard than soft. But anyways. <laughs> Speaking of doing things the hard way, Deshaun Watson. So now the NFL and NFL Players Association have been sent back by the arbitrator to make written statements that are due by July 11th about how long they think the suspension should be, whether or not he should be suspended. Then they're going to, then the uh, judge is going to deliberate over it and then figure out what the punishment should uh, be. And at this point, this thing is drug on for like two years now. Are you tired of Deshaun Watson? And do you even care at this point how long he's suspended? 
Um, I am tired of, I'm tired of being in a system in which like the civil system and the justice system have to play out over a specific amount of time, but like, a, but the, the season doesn't get interrupted for anyone. So you just kind of have to live in the tension of, you know, in the same way that like, in the same way that like I'm tired of the Britney Griner stuff, let's just bring her home, whatever it takes. But like the the system is the system, and she's gonna miss the season. And you know, I'm not I'm not equating the two of them. I'm just saying that things outside the sports world don't happen on the timeline of the sports world. And so uh, I would it, it would be nice if the if the Browns would at least just make an internal decision to say, hey, you know, whatever happens, the first eight games we're gonna let him you know, worry about this process. So it, whether you, you know, you call it a suspension or not, we're, we're, you know, if he's not available to us the last eight games, whatever, but we need to set ourselves up to succeed and we don't know if we're going to have him or not. So, you know, we're not even worried about him until week nine, you know? So I, I, I would prefer if the, if it, but the Browns are sort of in this holding pattern of, you know, is he going to get suspended for how long and then is it going to be that usual NFL process of where you have to oversuspend with the understanding that you reached a, a wink wink um, agreement with the players association that it's going to get brought back? Well, see, see, I think that this one is different because the NFL players association wants him to be suspended for a year and, and an indefinite suspension, but no less than, than a year. So here, here's the thing is, is that if the, if the retired judge says no suspension, that means that the NFL can't then appeal it to, to Roger Goodell, which can then say, all right, I'm suspending you for a year. If she suspends him for four games, the NFL can then do that. And Roger Goodell can impose any suspension that he, that he wants. So he has superseding power over any suspension above a non-suspension, right? Okay. And the NFL wants to not look bad. So, but then here's the other issue is that if either side appeals the suspension and it goes to court, right? So this would be more of a Deshaun Watson side and NFL PA side because they are legally obligated to defend him because he's a member of the union. So don't ask why they're defending him because they are absolutely mandated too. So if you go, if there ends up in a lawsuit, guess what then happens? That happened in the Tom Brady case. Discovery. And now this, uh, the, the, the depositions and some of these things become part of the public record. So if that, if that happens, if so, if the judge makes a ruling and then there is a lawsuit filed, then you're going to end up with some of these sorted details out in the public, which the NFL and NFL Players Association and Deshaun Watson do not want. So they are actually incentivized to come up with a joint agreement on how long that this suspension is going to be. Yeah, I, I would agree that the thing that's probably hurt Deshaun Watson the most so far in this process is the stuff that is publicly available through discovery right like him him sort of him sort of being confused on the whole uh you know of like is it weird or not to have 
150,000 masseuses that you see on a biweekly basis, you know, like that whole exchange has been the worst thing for him so far. And I think the NFL is always doing everything it can to protect the shield and not to look, not to leave anything up to interpretation. So I feel like you're right. It, it, there's some pretty big incentives here to keep everything as, as away from public fodder as possible. Yeah, it's, it's bad because now you're in a situation to where I, I've consistently said, I know that people are not going to like it. The, the NFL has no business suspending people that are not in jail or have not been convicted of a, of a crime. They have no business doing it. None. Because, or unless these things, because what, what they've gotten themselves into is they are acting like an adjudication arm. Like, oh, we have to do an investigation on what, I mean, it's different if it's like a workplace issue, right? Like what's happening with the Washington football team or what's happening with, um, like there's an actual legal investigation and Congress is getting involved. They uh, Daniel Snyder may have stolen money from other owners. You know, if there's tampering, like, potential what was going on in my Miami like those are actual league issues right but when you get into the legal issues of of individuals when you are in entertainment business I think you that now you have continuously run a like now now you're trying to play the the public uh game right like you're trying to to, to navigate Okay, how is the public going to feel about this suspension? Are they think it's going to be long enough? Do they do they think it's right? Do they think it's wrong? So now you're starting to adjudicate things based upon public perception. And I think that that's totally wrong. You 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 start doing things not being consistent. It's a bad move and the NFL has backed itself in a corner. It would have been better off just saying, "Look, if you are not in jail or there's not video evidence of you committing some crime or something like that, you are you are available to a play. And if there's any legal punishment, then we will dole out some punishment. Like aside, aside from that, why are you doing this? I think because at the time that this became a thing, uh, Roger Goodell was afraid of how the league it's kind of like when David Stern pushed those NBA cares commercials because, you know, all of a sudden the league was not only black, but tattooed. Right. And so people were, people were thinking the NBA players were nothing but thugs. And, and so to see them doing charity in all these commercials was a huge initiative of the commissioner to push back against some of these, you know, stereotypes and some of the apprehension that, that came from, you know, the people who were responsible for, consuming things from a league looking less and less like the, the, the league itself. Right. Because, you know, as, as the NBA became <laughs> darker, the people with consuming power in the system we set up in America for the most part were not right. So he was like, no, they're just, you, you, you view yourself as a charitable, good person. They're just like you. Right. And so it was weird because it was like um, an acknowledgement of, some racism while at the same time trying to dissipate it and make the players more relatable. And I, I always looked at what Roger Goodell did with the suspensions as like a, what David Stern could have done wrong in those situations. 
which is like, instead of marketing the NFL as actually being filled with incredible humanitarians who do lots and lots of really positive things out in the community and affect their immediate circles and, and the larger circles around them um, for good, it was, no, we need to make an example of the bad apples. And so I'm going to exercise a power uh, previously um, unknown to the NFL and uh, and have uh, and suspend people just that make the league look bad, regardless of how the adjudication goes and whatever circumstance they're surrounded with. And there were definitely some people like Pac-Man Jones that needed, you know, <laughs> that, that needed to function in society better than than they were. But that doesn't necessarily make the the path that that Goodell took a, a good one because now here we are in every situation. Like Roger, what are you going to do? This thing is playing out in court and it's taken a long time. You know, you set the precedent. Who are you going to suspend and how long are you going to suspend them for? And so I think he kind of locked himself into receiving this criticism and uproar every single time um, in an initial attempt to avoid the uproar that came from the fact that, you know, NFL players commit crimes at the same rate that the general society does, but they're public figures. And so, you know, um, I, I don't know. I've just always thought that the, that he is reaping the seeds that he sowed early on that came out of a desperation to to have the NFL look like it wasn't going to tolerate, you know, normal human all fall short of the glory of God behavior um, when it wasn't really the NFL's business to, to, to get into those things, you know, it, w- does your banking job, um, you know, d- does your, does your banking job uh, get into ha- training you on how to be better to women in your in your personal life or does that expectation just sort of fall to society and your do you suffer the consequences that you suffer you know and and then if the nfl had became moral police and this is the result of that is that we not only judge the 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 player we judge the judges and this is this is what he asked for and this is what we're in and um and the deshaun watson thing is really stretching it as far as it can possibly go because it's pretty clear that uh, that that Deshaun Watson is um, making choices that that people shouldn't have made, um, but now it's Roger Goodell's responsibility to find something that that is the appropriate pound of flesh. While the Cleveland Browns structure his contract in a way that that pound of flesh is actually less than a pound, um, and it's weird because now we have people's money. And their contract structures reacting to this system that Roger Goodell put in place. And it's all weird. And I don't want anybody confused me saying like, you know, what Deshaun Watson did shouldn't be viewed in a certain light. It's, it, you know, if I was in charge of the NFL, I'd just be like, you're gone. Do it until this. So you get this figured out. You're why? Like, like, like why? Because there are and I'm not saying that this is the case in the Deshaun Watson case. But there are you are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. So you can take someone off the field because accusations are made that may or may not be be true. That's not that's not fair either. Yeah, but it's so it's a weird situation with Deshaun Watson where some of it happened on company dime and company time and with company help. So so that's even more reason not to suspend him until (laughs) I mean, like, you, I don't, you, yeah, you could I be don't, some, in some way complicit. Yeah. And we can't, you know, we can take away 53 player, other players' paychecks because you also need the 
Texans take a break until they figure out what the hell's going on. But that it's hard, exactly but that's but what the, I'm saying that's is, the as point. a man, as a man, if you put me in charge of a situation, I'm going to be thinking about my principles and not the bottom line of the company. So I'm not okay. So, but, but but what is your principle? Because you don't know what he did or what he didn't do, and there are no legal charges against him. So how can you then suspend him until civil charges? I mean, I mean, that's like suspending somebody because. Because but I they, wouldn't suspend because suspension implies lack of pay. I wouldn't suspend him. It would just be a leave of absence. Like you still you collect. What are you giving him a leave of absence for? For because the civil because, process to play out. OK, so if so, so if so, if in. Okay, so I know an um, an NFL player that owns a bunch of apartment buildings. So if he gets a bunch of lawsuits against him, claiming that he's a slumlord and that and that he's given people substandard living conditions, and this is being litigated over the course of a couple years, and there are twenty four of them, are you taking him off the field for that? It depends. It depends if he really does have things, and and let's say that four of them don't settle. And that they're that they're pretty serious, you know. I think there's a difference between a suspension and saying like, "Hey, I'm gonna let you focus your energy on this." Because I don't need you to let me focus my, my 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 energy on that. I don't need you to let me focus my my energy on that. I just don't okay. understand why don't you would take somebody. I don't need your teammates to constantly have to answer questions about your landlord practices. Like I, as a team, like we need. We need this settled so that we can be at our best. But unfortunately, the timeline of the NFL doesn't move according to personal so timeline. Why, so, so why would you take a player off the field because of because of allegations that you don't know whether they're true or not? Because and I don't there know is no true or not. And it's and, not about me. And there is no legal like I can understand more if there's a legal issue. But there's but these are civil issues. Yes. And you are, you are, you are a public figure. And again, this involves, uh, I don't know. I think we're at an impasse because it, inv- it literally involves like NFL participation in your know, possible uh, bad behavior. And so this is a situation where it's like, all right, you know, we need to give, we need to give Deshaun the, the, the benefit of the doubt of innocent in, until proven guilty in a legal sense, but also like these are multiple civil trials that actually also have to deal with the league behavior that we need to get to the bottom of before we put ourselves at risk or him at risk by him being out on the field. But I also don't take away somebody's paycheck because that is what you, I think as a league should come to the understanding of, of like, Hey, people are going to have personal issues and some are going to be self-inflicted and some are going to be impressed upon them. And the best way to support them in the same way that like, if somebody needs to go to uh, if, you know, if somebody's working a bank job and they need to go, to rehab, then they're going to be a better employee for you once they. Yeah, but that's voluntary, that though. That's voluntary. If he doesn't want to take himself off the off the field, it makes no sense to have him off the field if there are no legal charges. Well, and and yeah, now re- mind rehab could be rehab can be court ordered as well. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but and, and mind you, I I have said I've been on record as saying as the way the NFL does things now that they should suspend him for for being reckless and being negligent. But the but the idea that what you're proposing is, man, I would just take take him off the field until the stuff is settled. So now you have 
opened Pandora's box to say that that if there are allegations or even civil lawsuits for like your own personal business, if you if people are accusing you of being a slumlord, uh, that that or the or that somebody is suing you because they rented your your house and their their kid broke their broke their arm and now you are in a nasty lit litigation and they're saying oh we found you know porn at his house and blah 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 like are are you going to then suspend him for that it, you you've just gone down a slippery I slope I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. And I think that some of your apprehension comes from the fact that the league is physical in nature and there are diminishing returns. Because in any other industry, there's not like a biological clock that's ticking. Correct. So I think your apprehension actually comes from the fact that like this is there. there's diminishing returns. Yes, there's a finite amount of time that you can do this. Right. And so that to me, to me, that's the rub because literally in any other situation you would just give people the time that they need but if your business is time then i then i understand but that's that's sort of the imperfect situation um that we're in you know and should you and i hope that some people learn i don't know what more concrete lesson there is to learn from this watching the deshaun watson thing is to like dude literally keep your contact and your circle small deshaun watson regardless of innocence or guilt opened himself up to literal physical contact with hundreds more people than he ever would have needed to. Like there's a reason there's a team masseuse. Like there's a reason for this is that it's, it's so that you can keep things as small and manageable as possible. The more interactions you have with other people, the more opportunity for misunderstanding. Right. And these are physical interactions. And so not only is there that opportunity in, 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 you know, yeah, there could be people that are absolutely capitalizing on the fact that they came into contact with Deshaun Watson, that the other accusations exist. And the only thing that they need to prove is that they had contact with Deshaun Watson. That's very possible. Or it's very, very, very possible that a person who is doing something that I've literally heard of nobody else doing in the history of the world, which is seeking out as many masseuses as possible and as many places as possible. And a lot of the accusations seem to be, uh, seem to mirror each other in some way that there needs to be a consequence for him and that, and that it really all comes down to him and maybe, you know, what, what, what's the exchange rate on people taking advantage of Deshaun Watson? If there's 21 real accusations and five that are fake, whose fault is that? You know, so there's just so many questions that you get into. And as a league, it's a really tough place to be in. And if I was in charge, which is why you shouldn't put me in charge of things, then I, you know, it would be a situation to me where I'm not respecting the diminishing returns of time and the physical nature of it, because what I need is for my organization to run without having to worry about all of this stuff surrounding it. And so I've already put myself in a, you're also asking me like if I was the Cleveland Browns, you know, I trade for Sean Watson in the middle of all this and that's on them as well. So, you know, I probably wouldn't have been in that position in the first place, but if I was with the Texans, then I would realize like, Oh, well, there's a lot we have to do organizationally because some of this is literally on us. And, uh, and, and so what we need to do is we need to move forward with the understanding that some of this needs to be handled, but the NFL is not going to respect our timeline. So nobody is suspended. Everybody's still getting paid, but I need people to not be at work right now while we figure out what the next step is. And that it would include several employees of the organization, obviously, because with the Texans, there was team involvement. 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Bro, you are going down a slippery, slippery slope, buddy. You are going to be in lawsuits with your players all the time. Well, all unfortunately, the-, the slipperiness is caused by massage oil. So it's going to be <laughs> slippery regardless. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, so yesterday, um, oh, my gosh, I forget which 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 senator was it said that they were going to uh, start a that they were going to put forth a bill that says that that social media would be banned for minors 18 and younger. It was actually a Texas state yes. representative okay, okay. named Texas Jared state. Patterson, and he is proposing that minors not be able to use social media. Yeah, because of the addictive. He now he's a he's a he's a conservative, so there's some like hey, but that's the nanny state. You know, you you can definitely attack on the basis of like government over involvement, but I, I do want to discuss the idea of limiting access to social media for minors based on the fact that it is an addictive property like alcohol or cigarettes or gambling. It's literally the same 
process of, of, of triggering dopamine, and some people do get addicted to social media, should we encourage a little bit more brain development before we subject people to what can become uh, an addictive and destructive property? We know the science of it. So w- where do you stand on that? Okay. We already have like, you can't have a Twitter with, until you're 13, like company policy, right? So there's yeah. already an age there. Okay. The, the problem with that is, is that there are a number of miners who make money via social media, whether it's YouTube or, or anything else where they have real live jobs. Right. So I think that you have that by limiting people's ability to make money, you are then doing something that is completely wrong. And in America, we have freedoms and people have freedoms to make their own choices and stuff like that. And anytime we start inhibiting those freedoms, I think that 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 people that people who are, you know, my body, my, my choice, that they should that they shouldn't be against this. I mean, that they should be against this. And people that are like my guns, my my choice, they shouldn't be against this. I mean, sorry, they should be against this, too. But but the uh, problem is, is that we keep running into. Into trying to put religion and morals into the same thing, you know what I mean? that we that 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 we keep trying to put morals and morals into law and not separating church and state. Okay, but what about just so are you cool with limiting tobacco sales to 18? Are you cool with employment law which used to be that you could hire a kid to work in a factory at 10 years old? But now if it's not a family business, typically they have to have a work permit or be at least 16 in some areas. Are you okay with, with that? Somebody going to work for Peter Piper Pizza at uh, 15 and a half instead of at nine years old because the family needs the extra income. So they pull them out of school and they put them to work at Peter Piper Pizza. Like what, what, what things are you okay with? Because yeah, a lot, of, a, a lot of young people make money on these platforms, whether it's YouTube or Facebook or, or Twitter or Instagram. Um, but can that be managed by a parent in the same way that a parent would manage the career of like, this is a terrible example because of what happened there, but Macaulay Culkin, right? Of like, this is a child actor, but obviously they don't have complete dominion over their, you know, their finances and, and everything like that. I realize the issue that, that creates, but you know, is, is an eight-year-old who goes viral a standalone business owner or are they under the direction of their, their guardians? Um, I just wonder if at least 16 or something like that, if we said, you know, yeah, the same age that you can go to work at Peter Piper, you can go to work on Instagram, but we don't need you having the ability to, um, because, okay, so George, uh, rated our movie, right? My kids went to their first PG-13 movie on their own because my, my two oldest are both 13, Irish twins. And they went to Jurassic Park yesterday. They got to buy their own tickets. I didn't have to be there for the PG-13 part of that. And if it was rated R, then hopefully they're checking IDs and making sure they're not letting any kids they're into not. uh They're not. Right. I know. But like the, the hope would be that they are. So what about a situation where, yeah, we, we are not selling movie tickets 
to kids who are under 17 because of sex, language, violence, whatever. But if you get a Twitter account at 13 and you click on any trending topic, you're going to be exposed to pornography and you're a child. You're legally a child. And you know that literally like, there are people with OnlyFans accounts who, who tag trending topics in, in any situation so that their stuff will show up so that they can make money. So you actually can't participate in social media the way that it was designed to be participated in if it's Twitter without seeing pornography. You can't do it, right? So, you know, I, I think the spirit of it is something that we should push, push back against limiting freedoms, but we are thinking about it with adult brains. I'm thinking about the way that we have limited access to certain things like tobacco and alcohol and scratch off tickets and rated our movies and said like, Hey, we've decided that all of these things aren't great for the, for the time that our kids just need to be focused on not being overexposed to, to things that might cause overreaction to dopamine and dependence upon dopamine. Um, why can't the same thing be put into practice with social media when we realize that it's the most easily accessible dopamine machine that we've ever created? No, it definitely is, but oh, I, I just think that there are values to it too, that there are good parts to it too. And just and just like anything else. So that limiting access to it to until you get 18. First of all, how are you supposed to regulate that? How? Because because a kid can just say I'm 18 years old on there. That the biggest problem is that it's unregulatable unregulatable i mean i suppose we could get to the point where everyone's sort of assigned their own individual ip of some kind um where you register devices to uh people there's always people that are using fake ids to try to get into the bar there's always people that are trying to work now it's so now so now we're getting into government overreach and like, yeah, sure, into- the government give no, give let's no. let's let's mark every person with their own individual IP. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Oh, oh, so you don't have a social security number, George? Yeah, yeah, of course I do. We're only afraid of it because it's new territory, but the truth is and we don't the government I don't give everybody, at- I don't give everybody my my social security number. When I, you do I it, left you do out of a you do it when you apply for a line of credit or you fill out a rental agreement or something like that. Correct. In order to interact in this space, your information should be, uh, and uh, I don't know. It's, yes, so we're back in slippery slope territory. See, I think what, that just what to be on social media in general. See, I think that just to be on social media in general, that you should, to have a social media account, that you should have to register, that it should be your um, that you should not be able to be anonymous on social media, that that the social media companies that like you don't have to put your name and all that stuff on there, but that that the that it should be easily for police or for anybody else that it should be easily able to figure out who owns this account, if that makes OK, sense. so you, you're saying you shouldn't be anonymous toward the platform. You can be anonymous amongst your fellow men, but the platform would have your information. Yes, correct. I'm so I'm I'm with that. And we already have the ability in some level that you at least have to check a box saying that you're not um, that, that you're over 13 to be able to operate most social media accounts 
on your own. And my, so my son, he got social media for the first time when he was 13, because my view of it was he's going to have to live in a digital world. So he's going to have to learn some of these lessons for himself. And guess what? 10 months in, I was like, nope. <laughs> because the, the uh, ability to regulate has been completely taken out of yeah, but that or guardian's hands. No, it's because, a not. Yes, it. Yes, it. It absolutely has because to be in a space there is. There, so, if I say that, like, it, so let's say that I move into a neighborhood where we have an HOA that says that there can't be any like um, solicitors, right? That that come door to door to to sell you things. Okay, so that like that's a regulation in place that is really built that you could just say no when a solicitor knocks on your door, but there are some people who are easily persuadable or maybe don't have all their mental faculties or, or a lot older that could per- potentially agree to things that the actual HOA set up in that circumstance. I'm not a big HOA fan. I don't have one, but it would protect people in that situation. There are also some towns and municipalities that, that have certain rules um, that we have like a national do not call list. We have all these things in place to help people from kind of being swindled because we know that there are people out there with bad intentions, right? We're not in a place technologically where there's an incentive for all of these companies to create situations in which a 13-year-old is not going to be exposed to sales tactics or pornography well, or okay. things like so, that. So we, so, we so have here's to So here's the thing is that if you get your kid an iPhone, which which all my kids have, and I did this intentionally because it gives me maximum amount of control. Number one, I can control literally any website that they go to, how long that they are on social media. If any keywords pop up on their phone, I see if they search for the dude, I have, I am uh, George Orwell. <laughs> I mean, I am 1984, bro. I am the big brother everywhere. And I consistently look and check. But thing is, they don't even know all the abilities that that I have. They can't download things on their phone. They cannot buy things. They they dude. And and with my oldest son, I went through all the tricks that he would try to uh, use. So I know all the websites to try to back backdoor things because because I was a um, I was a uh, slickster m- myself. And so I consistently try to find ways to break out of break out of things. And now I have them boxed in, bro. I have them boxed okay. in. So here's my question. Would you support national federal legislation that says that prior to being 17 years old, that Instagram or Twitter can't treat a minor the same way that they would treat all of us? in which we're the product and the only reason that the app is free is so that they can market to us. Would you at least support like federal legislation that says that, you know, if you have an account between 13 and 17, that it's, that it's ad free. Right. And I know that not even Nickelodeon was like that. No, no, I would, I would say that there's a, that there, that there must be kid free ads. I mean, because that's no different than watching television when, when uh, they watch, because there, there's no difference in them watching Instagram and them watching Paw Patrol on television. Like for in terms of it's it's entertainment, it's visual. It's but you enter- pay for those. You pay for those. Okay. You pay so, like you. So as a parent, you pay the cable. 
you don't pay Facebook anything. Your kid can just have an account. So like that, it, it's it's different so, in that your kid is so the product, then, your child. So then if you the want product. your kid to, to, to have a minor Instagram account, then maybe it costs four ninety nine or something. I don't know. Or I mean, yeah. So so like may, maybe there's that, but then you're talking about you know, yeah, poorer kids not having equal opportunity to participate in the benefits of social media or whatever. Every everything is a a weird thing. But I'm just saying it would not be inconsistent in my mind for the government to treat our kids the same way they have treated our kids in video game ratings in TV ratings, in movie ratings, in alcohol sales, in tobacco sales, in gambling, to at least make an attempt that the things that were designed to capitalize on adults aren't, aren't put onto the still developing frontal cortexes of a, of a, of a 13-year-old because we are not the same and should not be exposed to the same thing. I, so I would 100% while I do not, agree. I don't support I, making I it illegal. I don't support making it outright illegal, but I do support a much more aggressive guardrail system with an understanding of the science that the, these are addictive properties, even for yeah, adults. I totally agree. I totally agree with, uh, with uh, that, that, that the kids should be treated differently than the adults are treated 100 per percent. But I do believe that they should be able to have, have ads on there or, that the kid version is a uh, is a uh, ad free, but but there is a subscription price to it or something like uh, that. I'm not opposed to that. So well, we yeah. solved we solved another world problem. Exactly, and that is right or wrong. <laughs> That's what we do here. Hit us up eight one eight two nine three seven five four seven, or I'm Matt I M M A D at unafraidshow.com. Peace out. Catch you guys later. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.